Hi, I'm Steve Scott, and welcome to Knowing Him. Well, today we're going to talk about one of the most important subjects we could ever address. Uh, And the subject is faith. What is faith? How do we get faith? How do we get more faith? How can we have the faith that moves mountains? How can we have the faith that we know is saving faith, faith in Christ? All these are questions, and we're going to attempt to answer a few of them today. But they're critical to your walk with Christ because in Hebrews eleven six it says that it is impossible to please God without faith. Think about that. You cannot please God without faith. Now, if you're a follower of Christ, and I assume you are, you wouldn't be listening to this, you not only want to grow your intimacy with Christ, but you want to please the Father. You want to please the Lord in all things. And if you don't have faith, you can't do that. Over and over again, Jesus said to his disciples, oh, you of little faith, you know, uh, why did you doubt? Where, what are you thinking? How come you have, he literally said at one point, how come you have no faith? And um, so there's a lot of misunderstandings about faith. I hear people draw analogies to faith sometimes that are ludicrous. They're just not true. Now, faith and belief are come from the same root word. The root word is pistere. It means to believe or to have faith in. Uh, it means to put your total confidence in. It means to rest upon. For example, right now I'm sitting on a chair. I am uh, entrusting this chair to hold my weight and not collapse during the podcast. And uh, that's a step of faith, believe it or not. I'm expressing faith in this chair. Uh, When you get onto an airplane, you're expressing faith in the plane, the pilot, the mechanics, the air traffic control system. You don't realize it, but those are all the people that their performance may determine whether or not you ever get to your destination, whether you get to your destination on time, or if you even get there at all. So yes, you're expressing faith. When you get into the car with somebody, Uh, You're expressing your faith uh, in their ability to safely deliver you to where you're going. And sometimes safely and efficiently and effectively, uh, because if you're running late, you don't want to be late and you're hoping that they're going to get you there in time in spite of that. So what? let's start out with what is faith? Faith uh, is to rest, put all of your trust in something. Uh, If... Sean and I are here in this room recording this, and if we had a guest geologist in the room and the earth started to shake, and he very quickly said, I know this building, I know it's built on the sand because uh, Salt Lake City is a big lake bed from prehistoric times. And uh, he said, I'm I'm looking at the structure. Guys, we're going to collapse in the next 30 seconds. Now, if we believe him, We're not going to debate him. We're not going to say, how did you know that? He says, we're going to collapse in 30 seconds. Sean and I are going to try to be out of the building within 29 seconds and, uh, or faster. 
but we we're going to get out. Now, if on the other hand, we don't believe him, give me a break. Look at this. It's solid concrete. Concrete doesn't collapse. You don't know what you're talking about. Then 30 seconds later, it collapses because we did not have faith in this man who was qualified to make this statement. Well, when it comes to God, God wants us to express our faith in him. And I like to divide faith into two areas, general faith and specific faith. Now, you'd never move a mountain with general faith. That's going to require specific faith. So we'll be back on that. But I want you to think about the disciples for a minute. Uh, When Jesus said to his disciples, follow me, they literally left everything. They left their businesses, their source of incomes. Many left their homes and families. And um, that really took faith, faith in Christ, faith that he wasn't going to lead them astray. So they had probably more faith than you and I have. If somebody came up to us and, uh, and looked you in the eye and said, follow me, first thing we'd say, follow you where? And he said, well, I'm not going to tell you. I just want you to follow me. Well, for how long? Well, I'm not going to tell you. Days, weeks, months, years, uh, just follow me. Chances are we wouldn't have the faith to do that. But the disciples did. That's a general faith. And for us to to progress in our faith, uh, in our specific faith, our ability to have specific faith, Uh, We have to have a general faith. Uh, We're told in Hebrews that we must believe that God exists if we're going to want to serve God. So that's a general faith, okay? That's not what we're going to focus on today. There is a specific faith, and that specific faith uh, is how we can please God even to a whole new degree. It's how we can end up doing miraculous things. It's how we can be miraculous, how we can grow in our love for God, all of that. And so we're going to look at that, and I'm going to start in an odd place. We're going to start with, um, let's see where this is, Luke 17.5. Now in Luke 17.5, we have the The setting is Jesus has just given his disciples a command. He says, uh, speaking about the area of forgiveness, he says, if your brother sins against you seven times in the same day and seven times returns to say, I repent, you must forgive him. Now that sounds pretty easy, except these disciples had been living with Jesus for at least a year and a half at this point. And they knew they couldn't lie to him. And they were always in arguments. They would argue about the dumbest things, like uh, which one of us is going to get to sit at the table with you in heaven? Uh, Which one of us is going to be on your right and on your left? Uh, Which one of us is going to be the greatest ones? Okay, these are things that are just, they're not worth arguing about, but they would come to Jesus with their questions. They would argue over it, not with him. They'd argue when he was not paying attention to him. Uh, he'd go off to pray and the arguments would begin. And so when he says that they've got to forgive each other seven times in the same day, if the one that's offending them simply comes to him and says, I repent. And they don't have a history of doing that. 
So their response to him is, Lord, increase our faith. Translation, we don't have enough faith to do what you're telling us to do. And uh, they think if he magically says the word, you know, waves a wand over him or says something, uh, breathes on him, gives him a handkerchief to, to put in their pocket, that somehow their faith will grow enough to where they can actually do what he says and, uh, and forgive the unforgivable. Well, look at how Jesus answers him. He says, if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it will obey you. Wow, they certainly didn't have that much faith and that was just the faith of a mustard seed. So what's Jesus really saying? He's really saying, guys, when it comes to obeying my command to forgive, you don't need more faith, you need faith. You don't have any faith. You are choosing to put your will above my will. You are choosing to put your opinion and your solution above my opinion and my solution. Uh, the answer isn't for me to increase your faith. The answer is for you to exercise faith and obey. You see, to obey somebody always requires faith. And they simply didn't have the faith to obey. And uh, finally, Peter makes it through one good day, probably, where he forgave somebody seven times. And he was so proud of himself. He comes to the Lord and he says, Lord, uh, how many times are we supposed to forgive? Seven times? And thinking the Lord's going to go, way to go, Peter. You did it, buddy. You hit the bar. And instead, Jesus said, no, seven times 70. That's 490 times. The bar is so far beyond what Peter had in his own. You see, to truly forgive somebody, a miracle has to take place in somebody else's heart. And Jesus knew that. And so Jesus, he's patient with his disciples because he knows this miracle is gonna happen. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But um, so what we're focused on right now isn't how to grow your general faith, but rather how to grow your specific faith. What do I mean by specific faith? Specific faith is uh, the faith it requires to obey something Jesus tells you to do, okay? So Jesus told his disciples to forgive each other. Simple step of faith, forgive them. Now, let's talk about what forgiveness means. Forgiveness isn't an emotion. Um, you know, there was a man here in Utah whose van was hit by a guy on drugs. It was broadsided and it killed his wife and three of his children. Now, that's pretty tough. In fact, the loss of a child creates a level of grief that is not duplicated. It's a level of grief that nobody that hasn't lost a child can understand. And yet that man went to the jail where the boy was being held and he forgave him. 
Now that took a miracle. But what is it? What does it mean to forgive? The word forgive, we have it in three different languages in the Bible. We have it in the Greek, we have it in the Hebrew, and of course, Jesus probably taught using Aramaic. And um, uh, in all three of those languages, uh, it means literally to untie and release, untie and release. And the connotation became over time uh, when it comes to another person to fully pardon them. So you no longer hold them accountable for what they did to you or someone you care about. Uh, you release them from all obligation. Now you cannot release a person from the obligation that they incur against uh, society. So if a person on drugs hits a car, you can forgive that person, but you can't uh, ask a judge to not let them go to jail. They have, they have actually violated a civil law uh, to which there are civil consequences and only the society, the state, the city, the county, they have the power to commute a sentence, but we don't. But we can release a person from any obligation they have to us uh, for what they've done against us. And so that's forgiveness. Now, Jesus has told them, he's given them a command, forgive seven times. The apostles say, Lord, increase our faith. Jesus said, if you have the faith the size of a mustard, you guys don't need more faith, you need faith. To take a step of obedience always requires a step of faith on the part of the person who's going to obey. And... Um, uh, the faith comes automatically. We choose to obey. See, it's not a feeling. Anyway, how can we get faith like that? Well, faith, we're told by the Apostle Paul, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. We've got to believe what he says. And if you don't know what Jesus said, you can't obey him. Can you still live a godly life if you don't know what he said? Yeah, you know why? We've got the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit knows what Jesus said. But Jesus didn't just waste his words in the New Testament. His words create the gospel, the good news. And when we have those words, we can take the specific action those words required. For example, uh, there was a time when uh, four men that loved uh, one of their friends loved him so much that they tried to get him near Jesus to be healed. Uh, they couldn't even get near uh, getting inside and get through the crowd. So they went up onto a roof and they literally peeled back the tiles of the roof and created a hole in the roof and they lowered him on his stretcher. And, um, and, they came down, they followed him down, and it says, literally, Jesus saw their faith. They had the faith that Christ could heal a man who was paralyzed from the neck down. And seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, uh, your sins are forgiven. 
And, um, and the people, the religious leaders said, who is this that thinks he can forgive sin? Because only God can forgive sin. And this man just said, your sins are forgiven. So Jesus answered them and said, which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or rise up and walk? The answer is they're both impossible. They're not easy. They're impossible unless you're God because only God can forgive sin and only God can say to a man who's paralyzed from the neck down, take your, get up, take your stretcher and get out of here, right? God can say that and make that happen and God can forgive sin. So Jesus says to the religious leaders, just so you'll know that the son of man, that's how he referred to himself occasionally, has the power to forgive sins on earth. And then he turns to the man on the stretcher. I say to you, get up, take your stretcher and go home. And immediately that man rose up, took his stretcher and started going home. But even more amazing, he walked away sin free because Christ forgave his sins. Okay, but notice when Jesus said, take up your, uh, stand up, take up your pallet and walk. Even if it was the slightest motion, he started to act upon that, pro, uh, upon that command and started to move. He got up and walked off. He was obedient. He had the faith to obey. Now let's, uh, let's rewind to a time where, where Jesus was walking on the water. The disciples were in a boat. Uh, uh, the, the wind had picked up and, and, and uh, uh, the waves were, were there. And all of a sudden they see what they think is a ghost coming to them, toward them. And of course it's Jesus. And he says, be of good courage, it is I, don't be afraid. And um, Peter, and I know we talked about this in an earlier podcast, but once again, I want you to see this point. Peter cried out to him and said, Lord, if it's really you, command me to come to you and I will come. Peter wanted a specific command from Christ. Why? Because he knew that if Jesus gave him a command, that he would give him the power to obey that command. So with that, Jesus gave him a one word command, come. And with that, Peter stepped out of the boat, not onto the water, but onto the command of Christ. He acted in obedience, he did it. Okay, now Jesus gives him a command to forgive somebody seven times and they wanna argue or they want more faith. They don't need more faith. They just need to obey. When you obey, the faith comes. I'll tell you a story that's really interesting. My mentor, one of my greatest mentors in my life was Gary Smalley. And one of Gary's mentor was Corey Tin Boom. Corey wrote the book called The Hiding Place. She and her family uh, saved the lives of 143 Jews over a two-year period. Uh, they would hide them in a, in a hidden room, a secret room in their house until the underground could get them out one person at a time, one family at a time. 
and they saved the lives of 143 Jews over a couple years. And then a neighbor turned them in, who knows why, nobody ever found out why. And with that, they all went to the concentration camp. Corey was, Corey was the only member of her family to survive. Well, after the war, she is speaking in a church and she sees an SS guard, a former SS guy. He's sitting in the back of the church and he obviously had given his life to Christ. And she's speaking and she sees him. And as she's speaking, she prays, Lord, don't let him come up here. Don't let him come up to me. I don't want to touch him. I don't want to see him. I don't want to, because he was the one in her barracks that beat up her sister. Her sister later died. And this guy was real abusive to the women in the prison or in the concentration camp. And uh, so she finishes talking and sure enough, he makes a beeline toward her. And as he's walking up, she said, Lord, I can't talk to him. I can't touch him, please. And he gets up to her and he puts his hand out to reach out his hand to shake her hand. And she literally told the Lord instantly, I can't do this, Lord. And the Holy Spirit gave her a command. Corey, take his hand, touch his hand, forgive him and touch his hand. And this little argument, it probably took a half a second or a second. She says, I can't. And the Holy Spirit reminded her one more time, take his hand, Corey. Well, guess what? She obeyed. She had the faith. She took that one little step of faith. She took it. She said when she touched his hand, she felt the love of Jesus Christ more strongly, more powerfully than she had ever felt it in her life. And he said, dear sister, I don't know if you remember me, but I was, I was in the camp and I was a terrible, terrible person. And Christ has forgiven me. And I'm, I don't even want to ask you, maybe someday you'll be able to forgive me. And Corey said, Christ has forgiven me too. So yes, I can forgive you. And she forgave him. One of the greatest experiences of her life because she took one step of faith and obeyed a whisper of the Holy Spirit. Well, Jesus did more than whisper. He gave us 153 commands and none of them are burdensome. But guess what? Each one requires a step of faith to obey. And when we take that faith, here it comes, our faith gets stronger, just like a muscle. You know, a, a product that I brought to the world or our company brought to the world is the Total Gym. First time you get on the Total Gym, work it out and you feel those muscles working. Next morning you wake up, you're a little sore, so you get on it again, work some more. Do that for a couple of weeks and before you know it, you're getting stronger and stronger. A month into it, you're stronger than you ever imagined. Six months into it, you're like a whole new person, right? We've had people lose, lose 150 pounds in six months just working out on the total gym. Everything changed. That's how powerful it is. But that's exercise. Well, God wants you to build your faith muscles. And you're not going to build your faith muscles by pray, praying. 
There's only one way to build those muscles. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. So you, t- I think that's Romans 10, 16, but, uh, but you can look it up, just Google it. So find, get into the gospels. Now I've been telling you, now this is the 10th podcast. If you want to grow in your intimacy with Christ, if you want to grow in your relationship with Christ, if you want to grow your faith, the only way you're going to see huge growth, you don't want to grow from the size of a baby to a toddler. No, you want to grow from a baby to a full-grown adult, right, in your faith. If you want to grow that way, get in the Gospels, circle the commands of Christ when you come across them. You say, well, Give me an example. He says, um, pray for those who use you and who abuse you and despitefully use you. Okay, so we all have people who have mistreated us. His command is that we pray for them. So you step out on faith. You begin to pray for that person. Pray for them daily. Watch the miracles that happen as you pray. That's just one And he will give you the power and grace. And before you know it, you'll have a love for people that you think is impossible. You'll be able to forgive the unforgivable. And I have a book coming out uh, August 16th. You can pre-order it now if you want to on uh, christianbooks.com or amazon.com. It's called The Joseph Principles. And we have an entire chapter on forgiveness, how to forgive the unforgivable, how to forgive people that don't deserve your forgiveness. One lady took my manuscript on the way back to her home in Costa Rica, and as she read that chapter, God supplied her with the power and the grace to forgive her father. Her father had molested her every single day from the time she was four years old till she left home at 14. She goes home, forgives her dad. He weeps at the fact that she could forgive him and show compassion for him. And when she tells him it's because of her walk with Christ, he wants to have that same walk. Could Jesus ever forgive me? Such a wretch. And of course, his sweet daughter said, yes, daddy. And, uh, He gave his life to Christ. He was dying. He knew he only had a few months to live. But those last few months were lived for Jesus Christ because this one person stepped out on faith and forgave the unforgivable. Did her feelings change all at once? No. She just purposed that she was going to forgive him when she got home. She was going to untie him, release him from his obligation to her. And... uh, the feelings follow. You know, so oftentimes, uh, Gary taught a seminar, Smalley, love is a decision. And we make that decision to do a loving act towards somebody, and guess what follows? Feelings. All of a sudden, where somebody we didn't love, we, we take the actions to show uh, acts of love and thoughts of love, and pretty soon we have feelings for them. And that's what happened with this lady and her father, she was overwhelmed by the love of Christ as she began to forgive him. Um, we're going to look at this some more because uh, in our next podcast, we're going to talk. Let me tell you what scripture we're going to refer to. 
It's, um, it's amazing. It's in John chapter 6. And um, Jesus makes this comment to, his, uh, to the people that are there. He says, do not work for food that perishes, but for the food that lasts for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, the Father, God, has set his seal of approval. Now listen to what they said. Therefore, they said to him, what are we to do that we might perform the works of God? They had just seen the day before Jesus feed 5,000 plus people with uh, a few fish and in a, I think it was five loaves and two fish. And they had seen that miracle and they didn't want Jesus. They just wanted to be able to do miracles like Jesus did. So they asked, what are we to do that we can accomplish the works of God? Jesus gives them an answer that baffles them. He said, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom God has sent. So Jesus is saying, just the ability to believe in him requires a work of God to take place in your heart. So in our next podcast, we're gonna talk about that work of God that when it takes place in our heart, we have a brand new capacity and ability and power to believe in Christ to the point of hearing and doing what Jesus said. So that's our next podcast. And uh, I hope you'll join us. And thank you for joining us for this, our 10th podcast. Number 11 will be posted very quickly.